0: Hello and welcome back. It is probably, well, by the time you hear this, it may be Christmas. It is Christmas Eve here where I am at. Um, Obviously, that's made it a little harder for me to get to these recordings. But here we are. Um, You might have heard the last one was a little bit choppy. Uh, My youngest son was coming in and requiring my attention. So you might have heard things chop off occasionally. Hopefully it didn't uh, ruin the vibe for you. And here we are, on to chapter 30. Mrs. Jennings came immediately to their room on her return, and without waiting to have her request of admittance answered, opened the door and walked in with a look of real concern. "'How are you, my dear?' she said in a voice of great compassion to marianne who turned away her face without attempting to answer how is she miss dashwood poor thing she looks very bad no wonder Ay, it is but too true he is to be married very soon a good for nothing fellow i have no patience with him "'Mrs. Taylor told me of it about half an hour ago, "'and she was told it by a particular friend of Miss Grey herself, "'else I am sure I should not have believed it. and "'I was almost ready to sink as it was. "'Well,' said I, "'all I can say is that if this be true, "'he has used a young lady of my acquaintance abominably ill, "'and I wish with all my soul his wife may plague his heart out.' "'And so I shall always say, my dear, you may depend on it. "'I have no notion of men's going on in this way. "'And if I ever meet him again, "'I will give him such a dressing as he has not had this many a day. "'But there is one comfort, my dear Miss Marianne. "'He is not the only man in the world worth having. "'And with your pretty face you will never want for admirers. "'Well, poor thing!' I won't disturb her any longer, for she had better have her cry out at once and have it done with. The Perrys and Sandersons, luckily, are coming tonight, you know, and that will amuse her. Then she went away, walking on tiptoe out to the room, as if supposed her young friend's affliction could be increased by noise. Marianne, to the surprise of her sister, determined on dining with them. "'Eleanor even advised her against it, "'but, no, she would go down, "'she could bear it very well, "'and the bustle about her would be less.' "'Eleanor, pleased to have her governed for a moment "'by such a motive, though believing it hardly possible "'that she could sit down the dinner, said no more, "'and adjusting her dress for her as well as she could, "'while Marianne, still remained on the bed, "'was ready to assist her into the dining-room "'as soon as they were summoned to it. "'When there,' though looking most wretchedly, she ate more, and was calmer than her sister had expected. Had she tried to speak, or had she been conscious of half Mrs. Jennings' well-meant but ill-judged attentions to her, this calmness could not have been maintained. But not a syllable escaped her lips, and the abstraction of her thoughts preserved her in ignorance of everything that was passing before her. Eleanor, who did justice to Mrs. Jennings's kindness, though its effusions were often distressing, and sometimes almost ridiculous, made to those acknowledgments, and returned to those civilities, which her sister could not make or return for herself. Their good friend saw that Marianne was unhappy, and felt that everything was due to her which might make her at all less so. She treated her, therefore, with all the indulgent fondness of a parent towards a favourite child on the last day of its holidays, Marianne was to have the best place by the fire, was to be tempted to eat by every delicacy in the house, and to be amused by the relation of all the news the next day. Had not Eleanor, in the sad sad countenance of her sister, seen a check to all mirth, she could have been entertained by Mrs. Jennings' endeavours to cure a disappointment in love by a variety of sweet meats and olives and a good fire.' As soon, however, as the consciousness of all this was forced by continual repetition on Marianne, she could stay no longer. With a hasty exclamation of misery, and a sign to her sister not to follow her, she directly got up and hurried out of the room. Poor soul! cried mrs Jennings, as soon as she was gone. It agrees me to see her, and I declare if she is not gone away without finishing her wine and the dried cherries too, Lord, nothing seems to do her any good. I am sure if I knew of anything she would like, I would send all over the town for it. Well, it is the oddest thing to me that a man should use such a pretty girl so ill.' But when there is plenty of money on one side, and next to none on the other, Lord bless you, they care no more about such things. The lady then, Miss Grey, I think you called her, is very rich. Fifty thousand pounds, my dear. Did you ever see her?' A smart, stylish girl, they say, but not handsome. I remember her aunt very well, Biddy Hainshaw. She married a very wealthy man, but the family are all rich together. Fifty thousand pounds! And by all accounts, it won't come before it's wanted, for they say he is all to pieces. No wonder! Dashing about with his curricle and hunters. "'Well, it don't signify talking, but when a young man, who he will be, "'comes and makes love to a pretty girl and promises marriage, "'he has no business to fly off from his world only because he grows poor "'and a richer girl is ready to have him, "'why don't he, in such a case, sell his horses, let his house, "'turn off his servants and make a thorough reform at once?' "'I warrant you Miss Marianne would have been ready to wait till matters came round. "'But that won't do nowadays. "'Nothing in the way of pleasure can ever be given up by the young men of this age. "'Do you know what kind of a girl Miss Grey is? "'Is she said to be amiable?' "'I never heard of any harm of her.' Indeed, I hardly ever heard her mentioned, except that Mrs. Taylor did say this morning that one day Miss Walker hinted to her that she believed Mister. and Missus Ellison would not be sorry to have Miss Grayne married, for she and Missus Ellison could never agree. And who are the Ellisons? Her guardians, my dear. But now she is of age and may choose for herself. And a pretty choice she has made. "'What now?' After pausing a moment, "'Your poor sister has gone to her own room, I suppose, to moan by herself. "'Is there nothing one can get to comfort her? "'Poor dear, it seems quite cruel to let her be alone. "'Well, by and by we shall have a few friends, and that will amuse her a little. "'What shall we play at?' "'She hates whist, I know, but is there no ground round game she cares for?' "'Dear ma'am, this is kindness is quite unnecessary. necessary. I dare say, will not leave her room again this evening. "'I shall persuade her if I can go to bed early, for I am sure she wants rest.' "'Aye, I believe that will be best for her. "'Let her name her own supper and go to bed.' "'Lord, no wonder she has been looking so bad and so cast down this last week or two, "'for this matter, I suppose, has been hanging over her head as long as that. "'And so the letter that came to-day finished it. "'Poor soul! I am sure if I had had a notion of it, "'I would not have joked her about it for all my money. "'But then you know, how should I guess such a thing?' "'I made sure of its being nothing but a common love-letter. "'And you know young people like that, they laugh to be about them. "'Lord, how concerned Sir John and my daughters will be when they hear of it. "'If I had my senses about me, I might have called in Conduit Street on my way home and told them of it. "'But I shall see them to-morrow.' "'It would be unnecessary, I am sure, for you to caution Mrs. Palmer and Sir John "'against ever naming Mr. Willoughby, "'or making the slightest allusion to what has passed before my sister. "'Their known good nature must point out to them the real cruelty "'of appearing to know anything about it when she is present, "'and the less that may ever be said to myself on the subject, "'the more my feelings will be spared, as you, my dear madam, will easily believe.' "'Oh, Lord, yes, that I do indeed. "'It must be terrible for you to hear it talked of. "'And as for your sister, "'I am sure I would not mention a word about it for the world. "'You saw I did not all dinner-time. "'No more would Sir John, nor my daughters, "'for they are all very thoughtful and considerate, "'especially if I give them a hint, as I certainly will.' For my part, I think the less that is said about such things, the better, the sooner it is blown over and forgot. And what does talking ever do Somewhat what good, you know? In this affair it can only do harm, more so perhaps than in many cases of a similar kind, for it has been attended by circumstances which, for the sake of everyone concerned in it, make it unfit to become the public conversation.' "'I must do this justice to Mr. Willoughby. "'He has broken no positive engagement with my sister.' Law, my dear, do pretend to defend him. "'No positive engagement, indeed, after taking her all over Allenham House "'and fixing on the very rooms they were to live in hereafter.' "'Eleanor for her sister's sake, could not press the subject farther, and she hoped it was not required of her for Willoughby's, since, though Marianne might lose much, he could gain very little by the enforcement of the real truth. After a short silence on both sides, Mrs. Jennings, with all her natural hilarity, burst forth again. "'Well!' my dear, 'tis a true saying about an ill word, for it would be all the better for Colonel Brandon he will have her at last, ay, that he will. Mind me now, if they aren't married by midsummer, Lord, how he'll chuckle over this news. I hope you'll come to night, it would be all to one a better march for your sister. Two thousand a year without debt or drawback, except the little love child, indeed.' "'I had forgotten her, but she may be printed out at a small cost. "'And then what does it signify? "'Dillaford is a nice place, I can tell you, "'exactly what I call a nice old-fashioned place, "'full of comforts and conveniences, "'quite shut in with great garden walls "'that are covered with the best fruit trees in the country. "'And such a mulberry tree in one corner... Lord, how Charlotte and I did stuff the only time we were there! Then there is a dove coat, some be delightful stew ponds, and a very pretty canal, and everything, in short, that one could wish for; and moreover, it is close to the church, and only a quarter of a mile from the turnpike road, so 'tis never dull for if you go only and sit up in an old yew arbour behind the house, you may see all the carriages that pass along. Oh, it is a nice place. A butcher hard by in the village, and a parsonage house within a stone's throw, to my fancy, a thousand times prettier than Barton Park, where they are forced to send three miles for their meat, and have not a neighbour nearer than your mother. Well, "'I shall sprint up the colonel as soon as I can. "'One shoulder of mutton, you know, drives another down. "'If we can but put Willoughby out of her head.' Ay, if we can do that, ma'am,' said Eleanor, "'we shall do very well with or without Colonel Brandon.' and then rising, she went away to join Marianne, whom she found, as she expected, in her own room, leaning in silent misery over the small remains of a fire which, till Eleanor's entrance, had been her only light. "'You had better leave me,' was all the notice that her sister received from her. "'I will leave you,' said Eleanor, "'if you will go to bed.' But this, from the momentary perverseness of the patient suffering, she at first refused to do. Her sister's earnest, though gentle persuasion, however, soon softened her to compliance, and Eleanor saw her lay her aching head on the pillow, and as she hoped, in a way to get some quiet rest before she left her. In the drawing-room, whither she then repaired, she was soon joined by Mrs Jennings with a wine-glass, full of something in her hand. "'My dear,' she said, entering, "'I have just recollected that I have some of the finest old Constantia wine in the house "'that ever was tasted, "'so I have brought a glass of it for your sister. "'My poor husband! How fond he was of it! "'Whenever he had a touch of his old colicky gout, "'he said it did him more good than anything else in the world. "'Do take it to your sister.' "'Dear ma'am,' "'replied Eleanor, smiling at the difference of the complaints for which it was recommended. "'How good you are! "'But I have just left Marianne in bed, and, I hope, almost asleep, "'and as I think nothing will be of so much service to her as rest, "'if you will give me leave, I will drink the wine myself.' "'Mrs Jennings, though regretting she had not been five minutes earlier, "'was satisfied with the compromise.' and Eleanor, as she swallowed the chief of it, reflected that though its effects on a colicky gout were at present of little importance to her, its healing powers on a disappointed heart might be as reasonably tried on herself as on her sister. Colonel Brandon came in while the party were at tea, and by his manner of looking round the room for Marianne, Eleanor immediately fancied that he neither expected nor wished to see her there, and, in short, that he was already aware of what occasioned her absence. Mrs. Jennings was not struck by the same thought, for soon after his entrance she walked across the room to the tea-table, where Eleanor presided and whispered, the Colonel looks as grave as ever, you see; he knows nothing of it. Do tell him, my dear." He shortly afterwards drew a chair close to hers, and with a look perfectly assured her of his good information, inquired after her sister. "Marianne is not well," said she; "she has been indisposed all day, and we have persuaded her to go to bed." "Perhaps, then," he hesitatingly replied. "'What I heard this morning may be— "'there may be more truth in it than I could believe possible at first. "'What did you hear?' "'That a gentleman whom I had reason to think, in short, "'that a man whom I knew to be engaged. "'But how shall I tell you? "'If you know it already, as surely you must, I may be spared?' "'You mean,' answered Eleanor, with forced calmness, "'Mr. Willoughby's marriage with Miss Grey. "'Yes, we do know it all. "'This seems to have been a day of general elucidation, "'for this very morning first unfolded it to us. "'Mr. Willoughby is unfathomable. "'Where did you hear it?' "'In a stationer's shop in Pall Mall, where I had business.' Two ladies were waiting for their carriage, and one of them was giving the other an account of the intended match, in a voice so little attempting concealment that it was impossible for me not to hear all. The name of Willoughby, John Willoughby, frequently repeated, first caught my attention, and what followed was a positive assertion that everything was now finally settled respecting his marriage with Miss Grey. It was no longer to be a secret— It would take place even within a few weeks, with many particulars of preparations and other matters. One thing especially, I remember, because it served to identify the man still more, as soon as the ceremony was over, they were to go to Commagna, magna his seat in Somersetshire. My astonishment! But it would be impossible to describe what I felt. The communicative lady I learnt on inquiry, for I stayed in the shop till they were gone— "'was a Mrs. Ellison, and that, as I have been since informed, "'is the name of Miss Grey's guardian. "'It is, but have you likewise heard that Miss Grey has £50,000? "'In that, if in anything, we may find an explanation. "'It may be so, but Willoughby is capable, at least I think.' "'He stopped a moment, then added in a voice which seemed to distrust itself. "'And your sister?' "'How did she... Her sufferings have been very severe. I have only to hope that they may be proportionately short. It has been uh, It is a most cruel affliction. Till yesterday, I believe, she never doubted his regard, and even now, perhaps. But I am almost convinced that he never was really attached to her. He has been very deceitful, and in some points there seems a hardness of heart about him.' Ah said Colonel Brandon, there is indeed, but your sister does not—I think you said so. She does not consider, quite as you do? You know her disposition, and you may believe how eagerly she would still justify him if she could. He made no answer, and soon afterwards, by the removal of the tea-things, and the arrangement of the card-parties, the subject was necessarily dropped— Mrs. Jennings, who had watched them with pleasure while they were talking, and who expected to see the effect of Miss Dashwood's communication in such an instantaneous gaiety on Colonel Brandon's side, as might have become a man in the bloom of youth, of hope and happiness, saw him, with amazement, remain the whole evening more serious and thoughtful than usual. That's the end of chapter thirty. Oh, how sad! So everyone's, the news is starting to spread. It's not her own private, like, disappointment. And I think in this time, the whole dating thing was so, like, everything was behind closed doors until they were engaged. And then it's like, hey, by the way, we're engaged. I know no one knew we were even dating, but we're dating and we're engaged. And so for her to have been so forward in being seen with him, constantly alone and privately was really indiscreet and like really inappropriate for that day if you didn't happen to know this and so um that's what Eleanor had been saying so often was you know you need to you need to track what you're doing you need to consider how open you are with him your regard for him is so open um that if anything were to happen that it would be horrendous. And that is exactly what has happened. <sighs> and then poor Colonel Brandon, to You know, it's so poignant to hear Mrs. Jennings reflecting that if he was a man in his bloom and his youth and immature, as soon as he heard the information, he would be thrilled. But being a mature man who has suffered loss, the loss of his first wife and knows the pains, he almost losing his um, child, I think is who I need to go back and look at that. Um, yeah, losing, almost losing that child and to know of that loss and that he cares so much more in a mature way for Marianne than Mrs. Jennings had expected. It was really tender. Um, I will see you next time. I hope you have a Merry Christmas. We will see if I get an episode out on Christmas. We'll see. I hope you enjoy. Bye-bye. Did you know you can find me on various social media? You can find me on Instagram at The Drummer Stories or on Facebook, Laura Hales, my name, or on TikTok at T A A A A A. that's six A's, M-A-K-I. I would love to see you there. Enjoy the story.